Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHK as I'm known, and it's the first review week of the year and we're off to an interesting start. January and February are always a weird time of year for movies. You know, you've got the tail end of the award season from the year prior happening where things that were trying to hit a deadline for the calendar year are coming out in slightly wider release. And then it feels like sort of a wasteland most years for the broader appeal films because, you know, I think people are tired from the holidays or, you know, holidays are award season, summer is blockbusters, but there's these pockets of time in between that yeah, sometimes can be tough to fill. There are always things that break those molds, but January and February, the movies, always a little bit rough. So this week is one new release with The 355 and two of those awards types film that I mentioned, Drive My Car and Parallel Mothers. First up is a film called The 355 and full disclosure, I didn't want to see this film. I just, I had a bad feeling about it. And then I saw one or two things that said it's actually a fun romp. And so I went against my better instincts and I saw it and ooh, trust your gut folks just trust trust your you know you best and you know it's unfortunate because I do want to support a film like this conceptually I'm on board with it it's got an all-star cast it's got Jessica Chastain Penelope Cruz Fan Bing Bing Diane Kruger Lupita Nyong'o it's also got Edgar Ramirez and Sebastian Stan and you know it's supposed to be this female spy-led action flick that again conceptually totally on board with but in terms of execution it was brutal I just it felt so one-dimensional I didn't feel like there was any character development the acting just felt sort of wooden and you've got Oscar contenders slash winners in here you know I ugh. the action isn't compelling the situations just don't feel like there are stakes to them it's one of those big we have to save the world from some mystery behind the scenes cyber threat type thing and there's something about those types of plot lines that I don't care who's in the movie, they just don't quite resonate anymore. I feel like invisible enemies are such a tough thing to sell. And that's not to say I want to go back to the days of, you know, oh, the, the Russians are the bad guys or the Germans are the bad guys. And there's an image and a people behind the antagonism. There's, a, uh, there's always complications when it's about people, but sometimes just having like a really good super villain instead of some mystery syndicate or some broad concept of how humanity is going to be undone I, it's just it's tough to connect to unless it's done superbly and this is far from superb so it you know anytime something gets relegated to a January release like this it's rarely a good sign of faith from the studio and it makes me wonder you know and I get actually probably why you would green light this film because you see who's attached and you want to support it and then it turns out how it turns out and then it gets sort of left in the beginning of the year to die and you know, I, oh, it was so bad. It was so stiff. I just stay away from this one. I'm sorry to say that, you know, Jessica Chastain also did a film called Ava in 2020 that is, feels like in a similar vibe. You know, it's the, it's the action-packed spy thriller, blah, blah, blah. And I, you know, I think she's a great actress. I don't know if this type of role is the best type of role for her. There's just something about it that like does not connect for her. You know, a Charlize Theron, I think, is somebody who has done this type of role spectacularly and multiple times before. But maybe maybe Jessica should start pivoting her acting choices away from these types of films. But overall, it's a rough start to the year. I'm only going to give this two out of five. And I think that's probably being generous, but I don't want to completely trash a female-led film. But I don't, I didn't find a lot of, I didn't find anything redeeming about this movie, unfortunately. I'm going to take a quick break and be right back. And I'm back. Next up is a film called Drive My Car. If you are a film buff and you follow the Oscars, etc., you know, you're going to be hearing a lot about this movie in the next few weeks because it's probably the top contender right now for best international feature. It comes from Japan. It's based on a story by Murakami and 
I gotta say, you know, this film is already starting to get a little hyped up, and I do think there are a fair number of barriers to entry for folks, but I really, really, I don't know if enjoyed was the right word, but I appreciated this film much more than I thought I would. You know, obviously there it's, it has subtitles, which please, you know, there's so many great films that have subtitles out there that aren't in English. Please be open to those. It is also three hours long. It's a, it's a it's a it's a long film, so brace yourself. And also, you know, I will say it's a film that really I think centers around tragedy and and trauma and how we deal with grief. It centers around a character played by Hidetoshi Nishijima, and he is an actor slash director who goes through some pretty bummer things. But his character ends up putting on a production of Uncle Vanya for a regional festival in Hiroshima, and he is assigned a driver there. And the driver's played by Toko Mirai, who also has, is dealing with, it's just, it's dealing with stuff. I mean, we're all dealing with stuff, but there was something about the dynamic between the two characters that was really understated and felt really genuine. And I feel like their relationship bloomed on screen in a way that you don't get to see in a lot of films. And maybe it is because the runtime is so long that you get a bit more time to believe that these two people could actually connect in such a way. I will also caveat that this is a very theater and Chekhov heavy piece you know I at one point I thought are we actually going to end up seeing an actual production a full production of Uncle Vanya as a byproduct of the way this film is pieced together I haven't double checked it but it's quite possible that you end up seeing a good portion of Uncle Vanya but you know so it's very for theater people unlike I would say something like the tragedy of Macbeth which I reviewed last week this film is not just about that, you know, I do think it has accessibility to a wider audience than Macbeth, and not to, not to knock on Tragedy of Macbeth, you know, but I, I do think they are accomplishing different goals. This centers around the theater world and acting as opposed to a play being put on, on film, but, you know, this is one of those movies where I... I'm going to ask folks if this if this looks like it might be appealing to you at all, you know, watch the trailer for it. But this is one where I say it's worth taking a gamble if you are at all interested. Something like Tragedy of Macbeth, I would say like, yeah, if you don't think you're into this, you're probably correct. This I, I think there's a lot more layers to it and that there is something that something about the core of the humanity that comes across in it that might have a broader appeal. So Drive My Car ended up being one of the films that, you know, again, I, I thought it was going to get overblown, but it ended up being something that really resonated with me. And so I personally am going to give it 4.2 out of 5. The other film I have this week is called Parallel Mothers. Yes, this is a purely subtitled week. It's from director Pedro Almodovar. And this one I had high expectations for. I was really excited for. I really loved Pain and Glory, which was one of his more recent films, which came out in 2019. Obviously, I like a lot of stuff in his filmography, but Pain and Glory is just a recent one that stood out to me. This one stars Penelope Cruz, who is a constant collaborator of his. And it also stars Milena Smith. And it's about two mothers who meet in a hospital they're both about to give birth Penelope Cruz plays a a more middle-aged woman I hesitate to call her old because you know she seems ageless but uh, her character is a more of a middle-aged woman Milena's character is a young character who is maybe not prepared for motherhood and the story follows the two as their lives become intertwined I will say I had really high expectations for this I didn't know anything about it I just knew it was Almodovar and it was called Parallel Mothers so maybe I should have done more reading onto it and it's not it was a good film but I think for me one of the challenges was I was missing some of the larger cultural and historical context for Spain for their civil war for all this stuff and so there were some plot lines revolving around that in fact there's some big plot lines revolving around that that I think may have had more emotional impact if I'd been more aware going into it so maybe brush up a little bit on Spanish history before you watch Parallel Mothers I think the performances are really strong the circumstances they're in are just 
uh, it was twisty and turny, certainly, and, and I wouldn't expect less from an Almodovar film. But I think at the core of it, it is an interesting exploration of motherhood and, you know, what that would mean for different parts in your life. And then there's, I, I don't want to give it away, but there are some complex moral questions that the film will end up posing that are worthy of discussion. I would say just temper your expectations for this film, but I do think it's worth a watch. Again, I'm just constantly trying to encourage folks to expand their cinematic horizons. So I'm going to give this 3.7 out of 5. That has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.